welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, good morning, and thanks, Mary, for being on the podcast with me, and thanks, Matt, for joining in. So my guest this morning is Mary Burns, and Mary is a watercolor artist, and um, she's from Brazil, so I'll just... I'll say a little bit about you, and then you can fill it out if you'd like to. Okay. But, Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And you're, um, you and Matt, Matt is your husband from a recent marriage. You all got married in... May 22nd. May, okay. And so is you're from Brazil and from a, a large family there. And how long have you been in the United States, Mary? Um, I have been in the United States for six years. Okay. Um, and you're a watercolor artist, so we'll get back to that and talk about it some more. But okay. um, how would you describe your art? You know, it's sometimes it's hard to describe it because it's it has emotional values for me. Uh, my art has... Besides my passion for wildlife, nature, and conservation, I put on my watercolors um, my feelings from childhood. So every one of my paintings, if it's not a commission, it has to do with, uh, with something from my past, especially my childhood, some dreams that I had that I could never... Uh, it never became true when I, why I was a child. So that's how I describe my watercolor. So it sounds like you express something in it. I mean, you're not just making a picture, but you're expressing, is it you're expressing how you feel or expressing emotions through your painting? Is that what yes, it is? Yes, express how I feel. Uh, let's uh, say an example. Uh, when I was a child, I have a dream to... My, my mother got a calendar, I don't know who gave it to her, and it was a Yellowstone pictures on the calendar. So I don't know, I was about seven or eight years old, and uh, this calendar had the four seasons, and uh, in Brazil we have one season, it's summer all year long. So I dream, these pictures were so beautiful that I wanted know this place so I grew up thinking about Yellowstone I didn't even know where was it by that time and uh, I saw the bisons on these pictures on the snow and the squirrels deer so it fascinated me yeah okay and then that plays into what you make pictures of now, like right in front yes. of us is a picture of a bison. So I, I remember those emotions that I had. I grew up with this dream to know other countries, to know the different seasons, to to see the snow, to play with the snow, and, uh, and other things that I had as a child. I think every child has these fantasies in mind and things they would like to have. So I put it on my watercolors, on my paintings. Okay. When um, you paint, and are you trying to express, like when you sit down to paint, are you trying to express 
how you feel at the time, or is it more of just memories and things that kind of play into what you end up painting? Oh, yes. Uh, not just from memories from my past. Some paintings, uh, I put all my emotions, um, let's say, something I'm going through right now, if I'm going through a hard time. So I start thinking about how can I put my emotion and release this um, stress that I'm going through right now or happiness that I'm going through right now. And I always find a way on inspired in nature to express it on paper with okay. colors and water. Um, where did your style come from? Did that just develop over the years, your particular style of painting? Um, I think every artist, we, we cannot say we're totally original because we always, are, all the artists inspired us. Mm-hmm. We, I always, I like to look at other artists' styles, the way they paint, and the, they inspired me. And I developed my own, but of course, I have been looking and watching other artists, what they do, and it helped me to develop my own technique. So that's it. I think I found my own style, finally, and I'm very comfortable with that. Uh, some... Some artists takes the whole life to finally say, "Oh, that's what I really want to paint," and I found myself. I think I did it some years ago, and I I'm very comfortable and I'm very happy with my own style. Okay. And when did you start painting? Oh, that's long ago. Okay. I think I always had this inclination for doing some things with my hands since I was a little girl since I learned how to hold a pencil I start drawing and uh, um, I didn't have access to art supplies when I was little Uh, my parents couldn't afford it but I was always drawing and if I have a chance to have some colors I I was painting um but finally, when I started working and making my own money, when I was 14, I started buying my own art supplies and I started really painting. I didn't know anything about watercolors until, I would say, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Hmm. So I was painting acrylics, oil, uh, pastels. and uh, So I have been painting my whole life. Besides other things that I learned, I was always fascinated with things you do with the hands. So I learned crochet, I learned how to sew, I learned how to embroidering. So I, I have passion for handmade things, mm-hmm. crafts and art. And then right now you're mainly watercolor, right? Yes, since I was introduced to watercolor, I never... Uh, paint something else. I, I've, I've been painting watercolor for twelve years, I would say. Yeah, and the, what is it about watercolor that you like? You know, uh, when I was painting oil or pastels, I was in a college, and uh, everybody goes to oils because I don't know. It's 
it's natural. You go to oils when you, and it's easier to fix. Uh, you can if you mess up a canvas, so you just go over and do all again, and mm-hmm. oil doesn't dry so fast. So you can work on a painting for days or weeks. So it's even if it's dried, you can still go over and do something. And uh, when I first saw a friend of mine painting in watercolor, I was fascinated with the transparency and the way it behaves, that it just flows on the paper. And then I I bought a set of very cheap watercolors and very cheap paper, and I start trying it. And uh, in a college, you have to choose what you want to paint so the teacher can help you to develop your techniques and teach you some techniques. So all my friends were doing oils or acrylics, and I was the only one who said no. After being, I think was in the first year in the college. So I said, no, I'm going to do watercolors. And she said, why? It's going to be hard for me, everybody doing acrylics. And I said, well... You find your way to help me out because I I choose what I want. So, yes, and watercolor is fascinating still for me because it's very very challenging. It's not you. We don't have absolute control over it. Of course, as you practice, you have more control, but it's still a challenge because the the way the water behaves, the way it flows on the paper. You have to learn by yourself how much water you have to have on the brush, how much, how liquid your painting has to be for a certain effect that you want on your painting. So it's very challenging. And uh, it fascinates me that every time I sit down to paint, I have a, like, if I, let's say I have a new order. Let's say the bison. I have been painting many bisons. But every time I sit to paint one, it's like the first time. It's not, I never say, oh, I can't do it. I've already been doing 10 bisons. It's not. I always look at my reference and I say, wow, this one is hard. It's so dark on the left side. So, and that how to make the shade work fine and the lighting and uh, to give it vibrancy and to make it look alive. It's very challenging for me. So that's what fascinates me in watercolor. It's something that I cannot control, but it's on my hands anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some highlights of your career? Um, like some, were there... A, like, did I hear you say something about you were an illustrator for a children's book or something like that? Or no? I did illustrate two children's books. One was published already. It's called The Lettuce Family. Okay. So, and I illustrate the second one. It's not published yet. So I'm working on a third Uh, At least the ideas, I didn't really start, but there is a a third book that I have to start. I just have the ideas. I know how I'm going to do that one. Mm -hmm. Illustrate a book is not... um, 
you have to work with the author and sometimes you like I have my own style that I would like to do but the author have another idea so I have to adapt myself to what the writer want mm -hmm. and make it a little more challenging for me mm -hmm. but the third one I was told I can be free to do whatever I want I think this one will be very fun and very will turn out very nice okay yeah and Do you feel like, as far as your career goes, do you feel like you've kind of arrived where you want to be as an artist? Or is there something else that you're shooting for? Like, where's the ideal place to be as an artist? Is it still something in the future? Or do you feel like right where you are is where you want to be? Um, you know, I'm always looking uh, to the horizon. I'm, I don't think I am where I would like to be yet even though I'm, I'm happy. So I never had a chance to be a full-time artist. I was always an artist, but I had a job in Brazil. I had many different jobs, but my last job was as an art teacher uh, to elementary school. So I taught art for about 10 years, almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. But As an art teacher, you don't work full-time. You have some free time, so I was painting. And, and after I came to America, I have a chance to be a full-time artist. And it's like a dream coming true for me, hmm. um, especially now that I have full support from my husband, Matthew Epstein. I call him Bradley. Oh, dear. Yes. <laughs> Bradley like, is my middle name. <clears throat> yes, so... That's it, and uh, I'm very excited. Um, right now, I, I am a resident on a gallery. It's a Soul Art Art Gallery. I'm very excited about it. I have my work displayed in some other places, like uh, Arnold Recreational Center. That is a restaurant called uh, Russell House that I have some paintings there, too. And I'm looking for more opportunities. I know it's not making a living as an artist uh, some people even criticize you like looking at you like you are a delusional or maybe you're a lazy person you want to just sit down and paint and but not for me it's it's hard work that it's not a work it's a work that gives me pleasure but it's hard work i wake up morning early i sit down to paint i don't take naps i don't i don't work on my pajamas as sometimes people think <laughs> So, I would like to, I don't know, I would like to illustrate more books. Um, I don't have, as an artist, of course, a new artist in America. Uh, people don't know about me, they don't know me. I know it takes time to become known and uh, to people see your work and appreciate that. So, I'm looking for opportunity to, to show my work, to show what I do, to show my style and uh, become more known as an artist. We'll put the, a link to your online website in the show notes, mm -hmm. but like right now while people are listening, if they wanted to go over there, if they just Google Mary Burns oh, watercolor, will they find you pretty easy, or is there anything else they should put in to look for you? Uh, it's very easy to find me on Facebook. Okay. I have a Facebook page that's called... Uh, The Watercolors of Mary Burns. Okay. 
So my online store is linked with my page. So through my page, you can see my online store. Also, I have an Instagram. It's Watercolor Mary Burns. So it's, it's easy to find. So do you get much business online, like people wanting to order your prints and that type of thing? Yes. Uh, most of my business come from my Facebook page. Okay. Yes, people... Since I came to America, I start this page, and uh, slowly people, some people know me. So I have been selling my art online. I've been I sold for other countries too, like Canada, um, Mexico, Australia, some other countries in Europe. Um, the social media helps me. I know you have to keep updating yourself all the time, and sometimes I have a little difficulty to doing it. But I'm, I'm doing, trying to give myself more visibility. Yeah. So, like shipping these things out, is that challenging? Like, do you do your own shipping, like boxing up your prints yes, and things? Yes, I do it. Yes, uh, I never had a problem. Only once, uh, a customer had the the print. Thank God it was it was a print. Okay. So I could send another one. So it was damaged during the the shipping. So um, I, I do my own shipping. I package it carefully to make sure it will be there in one piece. So there's like you said a print. So there's a print, and then that's different than an original. Is that right? Yes, it's different. Okay. Uh, I do some. I don't make prints of everything. But most of my paintings, I have prints. And some people, they don't want to pay $300 for an original or 400 whatever price. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they prefer to buy a print. Okay. And then when, how do you have prints made? Is it like a photographic product? Do you take a picture of it? or I take a picture. I have to, to do some work, uh, editing to make. Sometimes you take a picture, it doesn't look like the original, so I make it look as close to the original as possible. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I even do some handwork on a print. It's like hand embellishing. I, I think I said the right word. Okay. I do some hand embellishing on some prints because to make it be more close to the original. Um, and that is a place where I have my prints done in St. Louis, the city of St. Louis. They do okay. a pretty good job. And what kind of paper are they printing on like is it um kind of like an inkjet type of process yes or? it sometimes i bring my own paper some prints i want it look look very much like the original so i have to bring my own paper that is a paper for watercolor prints it looks like watercolor mm-hmm. paper right but it's for printing Sometimes I bring my own. Um, sometimes I just use the paper that they have, but it has to be acid-free. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm always careful to have acid-free paper because otherwise it's going to be yellow through the years. So people right. will notice it's not, it doesn't have quality. Right. And then if it's a print, can you roll it up and send it, or do you need to send everything f- pretty flat? I sometimes roll, roll it up, but... I prefer send it flat because most of the times I put a mat on so okay. it goes ready to be framed. Mm-hmm. 
uh, on a standard size, so to make it easy for the client to just have it ready to frame. Right. They can frame themselves because they are all standard sizes, most of them. And then I saw you also um, sell cards, right? Like note cards and yes, things? Yes, I do. And that's, um, that's like a little, a little print in a fold type of card with an envelope, that type of thing? Yes. Um, I make prints uh, like f uh, four by six and five by seven size. That's the card size. And uh, they come ready. And sometimes I don't want them ready. They just print it on a size and I have to cut myself because I like it to have a touch of handwork on it. Okay. Sometimes I do some crafting things on my cards. I do the, the burning borders or I tear them with my own hands to make it look cool, look nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Mary, you come from Brazil. <clears throat> yes. What was, um, what was it like growing up at home? Um, it was fun. Uh, I came from a big family. Uh, I am the oldest of six. And uh, I have a, my family is so cool that everybody cares about everybody. Um, I grew up in a Christian family. I grew up singing Christian songs every morning before I go to, to school. We all together have breakfast and we have to sing and we memorize Bible verses. And uh, I grew up climbing trees and running like every kid. And one of my favorite things to do is climbing trees <laughs> and playing with the ladybugs that I loved. So, and then um, my parents divorced uh, very early, but. I, I was a happy child. I have to start working very early at age 14. It's not legal to work at that age in Brazil, of course. I don't think it's legal in most of the countries. But I needed work to help my mother. And my mom talked to someone. And I, my, mom, my mother is a seamstress. So I learned how to sew with my mother, and she found a job for me. She talked with the owner, and she told her situation that I have to work to help, and they accept me to work. So I have to attend night school on high school, what is illegal too, but I don't know what my mom said. They accept me anyway. But I wasn't unhappy. Uh, it was a hard life. We didn't have much, but I was a happy person. I was a happy child. And I have my faith, and uh, I believe having a faith makes a big difference in life. So I went to call. I, I, I did pretty good because despite all our difficulties, uh, financial difficulties and uh, emotional difficulties we have to go through for not having dad around. Um, I f finally, when I was, uh, I finished high school, I have to wait one year. So I get a, a spot on a college. It's not easy to get in, to be in a college in Brazil. So, but I get it. Despite being in a night school, so people would say, oh, no, you're not going to learn enough to, to make through the college. I did. And I came first time for civil engineering. 
I studied three years, but for I couldn't finish that because financial problems, even though the college is free, but you have to have money for books, for food, and also have to help my mother. So I could make it. So after that, I would say three years later, I came back to college again. This time I applied for being a physics teacher, for high school teacher. I made one year. Unfortunately, I couldn't make through for the same problems, same financial problems. And later, uh, finally, I came to college. I had a chance to be there again to study visual arts, and uh, I couldn't be more happy. Hmm. I was so happy, and I was so determined. I, I told to myself, even if I die hungry, I will die studying. It don't matter if I don't have money for the books. I will, God will help me to make it through because that's my third chance and that's what I want. So I studied visual arts. I finished. And uh, before I finished that, I was already working as a teacher because I have been in a college for four years and uh, um, I was working as a teacher even before I finished. Okay. Um, and you mentioned your faith when you were young. Like, how did um, did that start from you from your earliest memories, or did you have some kind of um, like a conversion experience where that came alive for you, or how did that begin with you or become meaningful for you, your your Christian faith? Um, I grew up as a Seventh Day Adventist. Um, I grew up. Uh, in contact with the Bible, sing. I always love to sing, and I love being in the church. I wasn't a child who, who wanted to be home, but the parents want to take you to the church. You go anyway. I really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, as a child, you don't understand too much, but you learn to love it. And my mother, uh, she didn't have opportunity to have education, a formal education, but she's a very wise woman. And she always makes sure we had access to books. She couldn't have much for us, give us other things, but she makes sure we had books. And she wants us to read. And she makes sure we spend time reading every day, uh, all kinds of things. So I grew up reading. And uh, one thing my mother always told me was, told to us, not just to me, was that the only way to learn things is to searching and reading. And you have to read all kinds of things because you have to use your own brain to make your own decisions and to know where you want to go and to make sure you're doing the right things and uh, think the right things about other people. So... Later, I was baptized when I was 13 by my own decision because my mother always, I learned it, and my mother always said, you have to decide what you want. You want to follow Jesus Christ or you want to go somewhere else. I'm showing you the way, but in the end, it's between you and God. So I already, by this time, by 13, I have been reading a lot about everything you can imagine. I read other books like the Book of Mormons. I read the Koran. 
about three times. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, so um, because I want to know for myself what people think, what, what do they teach. So I prefer to read what they publish than to read what others say against them. Right. So I learn this way. And I decide what I want, and uh, I have been faithful, and uh, of course not perfect, but I have been faithful to what I believe since, since I have conscious of who I am, where I come from, where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, what were your impressions when you were reading the books of other faiths or other religions, like? the Quran and Book of Mormon. Do you remember like what you thought of them as you were going through that type of thing? Um, I could see, I can tell everybody has good things to teach, but it's very different from the Christian faith, um, from the history of redemption mm-hmm. that I learned from the Bible. And uh, makes sense for me that what the Bible teaches, where men come from, how, what happens with us, why we need a, a savior. So that is a big contrast. But I certainly could take some some good things from those these books, mm-hmm. but not definitely what. Um, Feel my soul and uh, not the truth that I found on a, on a Bible, on the scriptures, on a Christian faith. But I have big respect for, for individuals, for what they choose to be. I, I never had any problems, even though I, I feel free to express what I believe. I, I do when I have a chance. And uh, I respect other people's beliefs, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you ask about what was growing up in Brazil, and uh, you ask about my faith. So Brazil is a Catholic country. It's the biggest Catholic country in the world. Um, we are we are a democracy. We are free to be whatever we want. Um, we sometimes have some conflicts, um, but nothing big. It's not hard to, the, the difference is not too hard, but sometimes the conflicts are very obvious. But nothing that would make me feel uh, bad or hateful against uh, Catholics or African religions like Brazil. It's, we still have some African religions in some states. They're very strong mm-hmm. and they are very mixed with Catholicism too. It's like, um, I don't know the words for that, when you mix beliefs Syncre- together. Syncretism? Yes, it's a syncretism. Thank you. Um, I have friends from all, from Catholic side, from uh, the African religion side. So I try to, to influence my friends from my Christian belief and never push anybody or say, they are evil, or they are it or that. So, and that's my background. What? So, are you? Um, so, you're a Seventh Day Adventist. Yes. And that's kind of your background from home too, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, 
what is it about Seventh Day Adventism <laughs> um, that you like the best, or what's the, you know, what do you like best about your particular, um, you know, branch of Christianity? Um, what I like the best is is what we are taught to be on a practi- practical. The, the day-by-day life. So we get together on Saturdays for a service, and it's very important for all of us. Uh, we rest on a Sabbath, as the Bible say, as a memorial of the creation. It reminds us of God is a creator. We didn't come from evolution. And uh, Jesus is the re- our redeemer. So the Sabbath is all about it. But what makes me very comfortable with my faith is the day-by-day practice of my faith. Like, I, I don't start my day without spending uh, time in morning uh, in prayer and reading the Bible. And this, it's like talking and listening with God. So I say what I want to say. I ask God what I want, but I also listen to Him in silent and reading the Bible. So we are thought to remember what God says as the book of Deuteronomy, I can't pronounce this name, say that we should remember what God says in the morning, in the evening, when we lay down, when we get up. We should teach it to our kids, and we should have it always very alive on our mind. And that's the way uh, Seventh-day Adventists try to live. But as other humans, we would never pretend to be better than anybody because we have the same value. We come from the same Father. So, And that's it, to start the day, listen to God, and keeping it on mind, like I... If I read something in the morning, I try to remember it through my whole day, to apply it. Sometimes we're doing something during the day that you get frustrated, and you tend to be angry, and sometimes this tendency to say a bad word that everybody has, I think. So you get impatient. and you. So you have, if you have a, a word of God in your mind, you always remember that it's, Thank you, God, because I remember that it's not right to do, or I should be more patient. So that's what makes me so attached to my faith, is that practical day-by-day living, how to treat others, what Jesus would do on my place, what Jesus would do on my situation. He would just be angry. He would give the answer that I would like to give right now. So that's what makes my faith so strong for me, so important to me as a Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. So you're a widow, so you were married in Brazil, right? Um, Is is that where your first marriage was? Um, I married an American man. Okay. Yes, he he died in America. Okay. Yes, in 2017. Uh, so do you want to say anything about how that impacted your life? or It did impact my life because um, I came to America because I married 
this American man. His name okay. was Steve Burns. Okay. And that's why I sign my art as Mary Burns. Okay. Yeah, so it makes a big difference. I, to tell you the truth, I never thought I, I have a dream to know Yellowstone Park, but I never had a dream to live in America. I never thought it, it was something that never crossed my mind. You know, I was in my country, I had my job, I, and uh, I knew America was a great country, amazing country, but I never thought I would come one day and live in America. Mm-hmm. It made a big difference because as an artist, first, um, it's not as easy to be an artist in Brazil as it is in America. So in Brazil, you really are called a lazy person. It's like, what are you doing? Go find a job. You, are you kidding me? So we have artists, of course, but the ones who really can really get there and make a name, it's, you can count on, on your fingers. So it's more, uh, you do art more as a hobby in Brazil. You don't even dream in being an artist because it's too much to dream. So in America, my uh, Steve, he's, he told me, he said, Mary, you realize you can do it here? And he gave me support and he said, I want you to work it out. I want to paint. I want to sit down and paint. And I couldn't believe I said, what? I can sit down and paint? And... Um, and it happens. Um, I ver- I'm very thankful that God brought me to America, because in America I can be free to be an artist, to express myself better than I could in my country, even to say express myself in other areas, like I could do in my country. So America is a, is a great country when it's about freedom. I feel free here, and uh, I first. Um, 2016 my husband was already sick he had cancer and uh, I was painting I was selling my paintings online I was starting selling and he said I think you should apply to this gallery and uh, to subscribe for one of the the shows it's a solar the gallery that I am today I am in today and I did apply uh, they was they were having a show was in uh, March 2016, and uh, I have my paintings there. I was so shy I couldn't speak English like I can today, and I thought my art wasn't good enough, but I did anyway. So I have my drop off my five pieces. So it's supposed to be there for a month, and a month later I came back to pick up my artwork so when I came back there they they were looking for my artwork they couldn't find it and I said oh my god what did they do with my paintings and then a lady said well let me look in the book and she found out they sold everything <laughs> wow. and I said did you really and said yes we, that's why we can't find and you even have, have a, a award of excellence so besides selling everything, I still have an extra money from the Award of Excellence. And I couldn't believe. I really couldn't believe. Um, so by this moment, I thought, well, I think I can do more. 
I can keep doing it. So he got worse and uh, he died in 2017. During the time that he was sick, I, I was spending more time helping him. He had a throat cancer. So I couldn't paint too much. I was doing a little, but I was still doing it. And after his death, I was very depressed. And I, I was like, for, I would say for three or four months, painting nothing. But finally, I got my strength back and I started painting again. And I started selling again. So I think coming to America made, made a big difference for me as an artist and also as a, a human being. Because I can see what it is to to be in another different culture. Um, as I told you, my country is, is a democracy. Brazil is a democratic country, uh, but not exactly like America. We have some pushback. We have a background from some years ago in the '60s. We have some dictators. And that it impact until these days the way we see, the way we treat, the way the public, um, the federal government, the public service treat people. So we still have this remaining oppression. You can be persecuted in a in a ways that you you could say no, you're not being persecuted, but yes, you are. You can lose jobs because political opinions. You can. So and I can see that America, it's uh, a way more free. I don't believe in completely freedom because I think freedom is still an idea on our mind. It's a beautiful idea that we didn't get there yet, but we have freedom in in America, a better freedom than we have in Brazil. You know, I what I'd like to ask you about is just your impressions of the. American culture, because like me being an American and having lived here all my life, it's it's hard for me to see, well, what are we like? Because, you know, I haven't lived in another culture, but you kind of come with different eyes because you're coming from a different culture. And then the contrast allows you to see what are we like, you know, um, better than I could, I think. So what are your impressions like um, from your culture to Americans? What kind of distinguishes Americans? Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, let me think. Well, um, America, as a woman, I feel very safe in America. It's, I know it's not perfect, but if I compare to Brazil, I feel very safe as a woman to to express myself, to make my own choices, to um, you know the feelings of breathe in America is so different. Um, I love Brazil. I miss my family. My I miss things in Brazil. But in American, you can, I don't know if I can express it, you can breathe freedom. I've, after, I, the first two years in America was like, I was afraid of everything, I was afraid to drive, even though driving in America is a way more safe, the traffic is not as 
it's not crazy as it is in Brazil. So, but I was afraid to go out. I was afraid of being, people would ask me something or tell me you cannot do it, you cannot do that. And then finally, after two years that I was able to speak English, a better English, I realized that I had nothing to be afraid of. I realized that it's a country who protects its citizens. Even though I'm not a citizen yet, I am a, a permanent resident. I have a green card. But I, I am protected, and I feel that protection. I know that is, that, that is laws who protect me. That is laws that if I have a problem, that will be at my side, and I can count with. Um, unfortunately, we have uh, the corruption in Brazil is so so big, it's so shameful that we have laws too, good laws, but the corruption is so terrible that you cannot count on it. You cannot count on laws to protect you so much, especially if you are poor. It's like the law is never at your side, even though if it should be at everyone's side if you, are, if you didn't do anything wrong. So America, I feel like you can count on a protection that comes from the law, from the, the government. And it makes a big difference for me. And the safety I feel here, like in Brazil, I, I would never drive after 7 p.m. as a woman. I, at 7 p.m. I would be in home, I would never go out alone anymore. So here in America, I can drive my car at 9 p.m., even later. Uh, my Steve, he was a truck driver, um, and many times I have to drop him off at his truck at 2 p.m. at 2 a.m. And I did it. No, I never had any fear. I know bad things can happen, but I feel that safety. And uh, maybe a person who born in America, they cannot see that difference. But somebody who came from a South American country, we can see the huge difference on safety, on liberty, on freedom. And it's very good to breathe freedom here. Hmm. I was talking with someone else, and they had spent time in uh, Russia, and um, we were talking about the differences. And they referred to America as being more individualistic, whereas in other countries like Russia and maybe a lot of other countries, it's a little more relationship-focused, and there's more of the collective or communal type of thing. And um, they were mentioning also the rule of law that we have here, whereas, and and that might go along with our individualistic tendency, mm -hmm. whereas in other places where it's a more of a relational type of thing, who you can influence and who you're, what group you're a part of might play more of a part in how you get treated than just the strict rule of law. So it kind of it sounds similar to what you're saying about feeling safe here because there's yes. a law that's in place to yes. protect you, you know. Yes. Um, uh, you talk about family, the relations. That one aspect of the differences that I see from American Brazil is like the, the family aspect. Um, like Brazil, the families are very... They are very... We are together. People, the Brazilians' family are so. 
the the um, the bounds are so strong. Like it's very common the families they get together on Sundays. It's very natural that your parents have to die under your care. So it's very weird for us to have our parents on a nursing home. Mm-hmm. So the, we have nursing homes, but most of the people who are in nursing homes are people who they don't have family, they, people are single, they get old and they don't have kids. But we take care of parents until they die. It's a culture in Brazil. <laughs> and the other things that I, I found so interesting is American, as soon as you finish high school, you get a job, you get 18, 20 years old, so you're gonna, you go look for your own place and you go live alone. It's good in, in many aspects because it teaches you how to be responsible very early and take care of yourself. Um, but in Brazil, we stay living with our parents forever since we are single. Mm-hmm. So, and people and, and your parents can be even offended if you say, Mom, I think I'm going to look for my own place. I don't want to be here anymore. You can offend your parents. So they want you to stay if you're single. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's a very, it's a different. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're a reader, it sounds like. So besides the Bible, have there been any books that just really have impacted your life? Um, you know, I, I've been reading so many. I really like to read religious things. Um, I read books from many other point of view, faith. Um, I don't, I can't tell exactly what, what other books impact my life. But I like to, to read history, although I have difficulty to memorize numbers like the date. Mm-hmm. I can say uh, where in history something happened, but I can't tell you exactly what the precise year and the day when it happens. So history books helped me a lot and have, have impact on me as a human being and uh, also strengthen my faith on the Bible and God because the history shows how God been working through it, showed me the, how the prophecies were fulfilled. And um, not that when I see the history and I, I read archaeology, books about archaeologists and it fascinated me too. I read so many books that about archaeology, the discoveries that they made. So it didn't make me have more faith on the Bible, but makes me have more faith on the science. So it's not that the Bible needs it, but it's like we humans sometimes, uh, many humans need that, that reassurance to see that the Bible was right. So I know the Bible was right, but when I read that something was they figure out that they finally did some excavation that can confirm something. So it gives more faith on the science instead of giving more faith on the Bible. I already have faith on the Bible. So even though some things cannot be explained, but I know it's eventually to will, 
And if it never will, I still have faith on it. So history books helped me to to understand humankind and to see how we behave throughout the the centuries and uh, how we change and how we became better or worse in certain areas. Uh, it helped me growing up and helped me as a human being and helped me to see better where I am right now on time and uh, the mistakes people made on the past and the, the good things they also did on the past. So history books had impact on on me. I didn't read history to become a specialist on it. I read for pleasure because I, I like to know how it was and uh, compare with the time that we live in today. Yeah. Well, and just, you know, before wrapping up, um, just uh, concerning your art, so what is it that you hope that the people who have your art get from it? Is it um, decor- de- just decoration in their home? Or do you want them to, um, I don't know, uh get something else from it or what's your or do you have any intention um as far as like what you want people to receive from your art when they're they have it displayed in their home um yes i do have an intention um i i have a passion for conservation even though i never got involved in the movement any movement but i feel very sad when i see some of beautiful animals that we have on this beautiful planet being extinct and uh, some it's almost extinct and uh, it breaks my heart and so I would like to make people see the the beauty that we have on this planet and they could have more conscious and protect and help somehow to protect the animals and plants and birds that I love so much and also, I'd like to express, I, I would like to, to inspire people, I would like to inspire kindness. So my artwork, I try to, to express it, kindness and uh, goodness, um, faith in God. And I would like to people just know that we have a creator that loves us so much that he created these beautiful animals to just to make us happy and uh, and that's it the conserva- uh, I, I I have trouble to say that word conservationism did I say right you did <laughs> yes and uh, inspire people to have um, to have good feelings I would like people when they have one of my paintings and they stare at it and they could see, they could be more kind and uh, be patient and uh, have eyes for beauty and have eyes to, and heart to protect that beauty we have around us. Yeah, I can see that, you know, there's a certain feel that comes from your paintings. And um, I think kindness is a good word for it, but not like a shallow kindness, like your bison or your owls you know they have that regal aspect Mm -hmm. to them but there is a goodness that comes through their eyes it seems like and even the little creatures like the mice yes i know you cannot pet a bison 
don't do it. <laughs> but you know, when you look at their eyes, wow, when I look at the, and the, the eyes of everything I paint, is, it's, I always start painting the eyes because I want it has an expression. And I work hard to make it, to transmit it. So, and when you look at the bison, I know I can pet him, I cannot pet him, but I can see kindness. Mm-hmm. I can see beauty. I can see softness. It's, um, it, it really fills my heart to, to see, and, and I'm very thankful that I have, I developed this ability to paint the ability to paint and that I, I can express it on paper and people can have it in home. It's like a piece of, of me and having a piece of me on, on different homes in different countries. Yeah, cool. Well, is there anything else? Thanks for just being here listening in, Matt. Is there anything you want to say or, or anything either of you want to say just before we wrap up? Yeah, thank you, Will, for uh, interviewing my beautiful wife. I got two things to say. First of all, as regards her artwork, I think that kind of kindness that comes through, that that individual quality of the animals, really comes through the eyes. She she does the. You can see that spiritual quality in the eyes, especially in her paintings. But the other thing I want to say is. Um, that she kind of snared my heart with her art, too, because I uh, knew her late husband, Steve, briefly. And we also had a mutual friend, and uh, he wrote me, sent me one of her uh, gift cards that had a painting of a bird on it, and he wrote something I've long since forgotten. But I looked at that, and I saw that beauty and, and those qualities that we've talked about today. And I recognized the name, and it jogged a memory. And then I, I asked my friend, was this uh, Steve's wife, Mary? And it turned out it was. And he uh, told me about his tragic death. And I said, well, is she... Uh, how is she doing now? I was interested in would she, you know, be interested in a correspondence with me? And so we started writing to one another and then speaking on the phone and finally uh, got to know her. But uh, I really kind of fell in love with her through through her art because it kind of grabbed me right right away. I said, you know, anyone who can express uh, her soul and her emotions in such beautiful ways is a woman I'd like to get to know. And so we've had a great romance and uh, we have a beautiful marriage. So that's been a blessing in my life too. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Mary. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Appreciate you, Will. Mm -hmm.